Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of If We Can Just Say. I'm your host, Jessica Carter-Ogle, and with me, as always, is my husband and co-host, Stephen Ogle. Hello, everybody. I feel like I haven't done this in a long time. It's been a minute. A few of them. Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, it's been a week, so, you know. No, I mean hosted. Gosh. Ugh. <laughs> You're already starting. I, I mean, yes. It's Monday. We, yes, we just started. We're less than a minute in. You're correct. Yep, already. Well, I quit. You're saying I'm done. Not allowed I'm to quit. I'm out of here. Not allowed to quit. No escape. Quit the whole thing. No escape. Uh, speaking of marriage. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you guys know that meme where I, I remember seeing it where it's like, um, when you're dating, it's like, I love you, snuggle me to sleep, like, just hold me close. And then when you're married, it's like, an eighth of your knee was four inches over to my side of the bed last night. Like, remedy that tonight. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I, <laughs> I feel like I can relate to both of those things. And I've been drinking more water lately in an effort to... Well, obviously, you need water to live. Yes. And in an effort for, like, clearer skin, for more energy. And I feel like it's been helping with the more energy. Um, and But it's also making me have to go to the bathroom more. So there's been a couple nights where I've had to, like, wake up in the night. And so I try not to, like, open my eyes because you don't want to know what time it is. You don't want to know what's going on. You want to fall right back to sleep. So I'd get back into sleep and I normally face away from the middle of the bed when I sleep. We both do most of the time, but sometimes when I get back into bed, I like to lay towards the middle and sometimes he is too. And it's just terrible because he just breathes. (laughs) Why do they always have to breathe? So then we're both facing the same way and I can feel his breath on me. You mean we're facing each other? Yes. Yeah, unfortunately not facing the same way, facing each other. And I can feel his breath. I mean, it's terrible. And so I have to like lay in such a way that the covers come up like sort of like a wall between us, but not to (laughs) suffocate myself. So I finally get myself situated, but then I can hear him through my earplugs. What kind of (laughs) crud is this? Who knows what time it is? I'm trying to fall asleep. And then I'm just thinking of that meme where I'm like, ugh. This is what it is. Like the honeymoon's over and now he's breathing and it's terrible. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fell asleep eventually because the alarm went off, but who knows how long it took. But I'm like through my ear. Who knows what it would sound like without earplugs? I'd never sleep again. You know, while you were in Florida, I woke up every single day and your side of the bed, the sheets never moved. They were all, they well, nobody, stayed. I hope not. I hope nobody was there. Like, I didn't, I don't go over to your side of the bed. I stayed on my side of the bed. Like, I only had to make my side of the bed. The other sheets didn't even move at all. And w- what you folks don't know is, is that, like, every single morning that I wake up, that we sleep in the same bed, every single morning, the covers are touching the floor on my side of the bed because not only does she try to get to the middle of the bed every night, she takes the covers with her and shoves them over on me. <laughs> and I know this because I don't fall asleep for like two hours after her. And I, when I go to go to sleep, I'm like, all of the covers are in the middle of the bed right now. <laughs> like, I am I still have what I got into bed with that's not touching the floor. And then I'm looking at this big clump in the middle of the what bed. What do I have? You, have? you have your edge. <laughs> it's like you like to sleep with the edge, but you shove everything to the middle. 
Absolutely hilarious every time. And then every morning I wake up and it's like, oh my gosh, I got to go over to her side of the bed and I got to literally pull the covers to where it's more than half on her side of the bed so that I know at least a couple of minutes will expire after she falls asleep before they end up on my side of the bed. Well, if you got up before me every once in a while. No, nah, I do. I get it. up and go to the bathroom and then when I come back, I got a knee in my in my back because oh. that's because you've moved while I was going to the bathroom. Love tap. Anyway, I'm sure y'all can relate. Yes, Ugh. insane. Yeah. Very insane. Uh, something else you might be able to relate to, you homeowners. Oh my gosh, this week. Yeah. I don't know what phase the moon was in, what kind of... A uh, guy I work with said, these things happen in threes, and they sh- it sure did. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> like, everything. So, first, the first thing was me. I got up one morning to let Soph out, and we have a sliding door, like a sliding glass door off to our Florida room, and I went to pull the handle, and the whole handle, like, pulled up, like, the whole bottom, like, kind of, like, broke, and I was like, what the heck? Did the screw fall out? No, the screw did not fall out. It broke off, Yep. and it's this weird, tight angle that's, like, impossible to get into, and so, like, the door handle, you can use it, but it's, like, broken. And so I'm like, well, great. Now the door handle's broken. And then we're still looking for a dining table. I don't know if you guys know the trials and tribulations of me looking for a dining room table for the last two two years, I'd say, since we moved into this house. Pretty much. Because my dining table is too big for the space. And so I'm looking for one. I finally found one. My parents were kind enough to drive out to Sterling Heights with us because I'm not really good at like haggling. I get very nervous. My <laughs> armpits start sweating. It's not really my, it's not really my forte. But I know that about myself, so I brought my reinforcements. Oh gosh! And my dad is, you know, a piano moving specialist, the best mover around, and he brought his trailer to help, you know, move the table to move the table, not help to move the table. Stephen helped him, and I just like carried a leaf in a couple chairs. Um, <laughs> But so we got this table. So now we're trying to sell our table. So thus far, I've got my dining room table in my dining room, the new table in my family room, and a broken door handle. So this is enough disarray for me. This is not something I'm happy about. I'm not thrilled because I want my new table set up. But we're trying to sell our table first on Marketplace, which is we sold our couch in a GIF. In an absolute gif. So I was given a false sense of security on what it's like to sell things on Marketplace. Let me tell you. So the next thing. That was that was Wednesday was yeah. the table. And the and, door handle. And the door handle. Yeah. So what happened on Thursday? So Thursday I'm sitting at the dining table working. And Steven's in the bathroom. And I hear like a cracking sound. And I'm like, what was that? And then I hear Steven go. Well, how did that happen? And I'm like, oh my God, what? Yeah, the toilet seat broke. I don't even know how it's possible. And it's only a year old, and it's one of those like soft clothes ones. Yep. So the toilet seat broke. Literally snapped. So I'm like, okay, great. So then, oh, yeah, so then. I go back downstairs to work. He goes back downstairs to work. I'm in the bathroom. And then you hear a large crash followed by like a bunch of tumbling. And of course, Sophia loses her Sophia's mind. Sophia's barking. And Steven yells, what, what is that? And I go, I don't know. I'm in the bathroom. I come out. The whole shelf in our hall closet has collapsed. Yep. And everything has fallen all over the place. 
Yep. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me right now? And like it poked a hole into the side of the wall. It was one of those on stupid the like mesh wire shelves that, that Mr. 17 years had in there. Yeah. And then Stephen was like, don't pull it. Don't pull it like you're doing. And I said, okay. And then when Stephen left it, the room, I continued to do it. And then I jammed it even further into the wall. And, and I was like, I don't know what happened. I didn't even really do anything. And then it just got in the wall. And I was like, I tried to tell you it was already in the wall not to do that. And you made a bigger hole. Yay. So now everything in our closet is in our hallway. My treadmill is now full of coats, and my family room has a dining room t- has a dining room table in it. My dining room is a dining room table. This to me is, I mean, a living nightmare, and it's and it's not even as bad. And people would probably live in this. There are people who live their daily lives in the amount of disarray that is an actual living nightmare for me. I mean, it, what you have to picture is is that we had to take all of our coats off, which, you know, between the two of us, we have a couple coats, a couple hoodies, and we got our snow snow stuff that we use for outside when we go, you know, to clean snow or yeah, whatever or play with soap. People, so, yeah. like, you know, there's probably 20 coats in there, and then those are all on the floor, and then we had... Uh, uh, buckets that were up on top that had you know hats and gloves and stuff like that and then we had a bucket that had i don't know what else it had in it hand warmers just, and all yeah, kinds of stuff your miscellaneous but, hall closet stuff so i couldn't even get the doors open because everything was just uh, uh, on the on the floor yeah so then i'm pulling stuff out and like we got shelves in there we had to empty the top shelf so that i could still drill new brackets in and stuff so it was just a whole thing but we that was only Thursday. We're not even to the weekend yet, and our walk in, like I guess you could say, a entryway entryway is completely cluttered. Um, our family room's completely cluttered, and our closet is in complete destruction because of no shelf. So there's hardly anything in there, and we had to take the doors off <laughs> in order to get the shelf out and yeah. to get the shelf back in. So the doors are leaning up against them. So our house. Looked like it was under construction for starting on it Thursday, was crazy. and we weren't even to the weekend yet. And, and we it was had... just like, uh, all right, so I guess tomorrow on lunch, meaning Friday, I'm gonna be fixing a shelf. Yay! And we had to go to like Home Depot, who didn't, or we had to go to Lowe's, who didn't have what we needed. Then we had to go to Home Depot, so that was our whole Thursday night. First started having to go to the UPS store and make some returns where one of us didn't read correctly the Amazon return label and didn't notice that his two monitors that were actually the fourth monitors that were returning for him, but two of the four monitors needed to go back in their actual Amazon box they came in. He didn't read that correctly, so we didn't have the box. So we had to spend $12.99 to buy a box at UPS store to return it. So here we are. Our closet has collapsed. Our handle is broken. Our toilet seat is broken. We have two tables in our house, and we're fighting in the UPS parking lot in the car because I just want to be like, you're an idiot who can't read the return thing. And he's like, well, where does it say it? Look where it says it. And I'm like, well, it says it right there. It doesn't say. And he's like, well, I think we should just buy the box. And I'm like, I'm not buying no box. And so then we're like driving away. And he's like, I would have just bought the box. I was like, well, turn around and buy the box. Then. Oh, <laughs> she's forgetting two things. One is that when I read the Amazon thing, it said 
is the am is it in its original packaging that Amazon sent it? And I said yes because I didn't even open up the monitor boxes because I realized the monitor boxes were not the right monitor. That I only requested that Amazon give me a box to put them in because I didn't know if I'd be at work and I didn't want them sitting on my porch and someone to go, oh, they got two new monitors. I'm just going to go steal these. So I didn't, I didn't think to myself that the Amazon box was the original packaging because it's technically not. No, they call it, if it's not referred to the Amazon packaging, it's the manufacturer's packaging. And then the thing but says... But that's not manufacturing packaging. That's Amazon packaging. I know. But they'll call it manufacturer's packaging when you don't need the Amazon box. And they'll say UPS will pack, ship, whatever. We're not having this argument again on the podcast. But I'm just saying that... Nonetheless, w- I was mad that we had to pay $13 to send the laptops or the monitors back. And I, I was like, this night is the worst. Could I go to sleep? The second thing that she forgot to mention is that she promised me that she had a box at home that could fix both monitors. She's like, I guarantee you I got a box at home that can fix these two monitors. That these two monitors will fit in. I didn't and I'm say like, that. no, I've already destroyed the box I came in because I cut it up for recycling to fit in the recycle bin. And she's like, I guarantee you I've got a box. There's no. no need for us to pay this amount of money. And I said, I'm not doing it because I know you've got small boxes and that's not going to First of all, I said, maybe I had a box. I would have liked to have had the opportunity to look and I would have liked to have had the opportunity to tape back together the other box and save my twelve ninety nine. The other box It's the I, moral. It's the principle. The other box I literally cut up into probably ten pieces. I don't know what who would ever do that. What, it was when a has huge, that ever been done? It was a huge enormous box that I needed to fit into the recycling. And I'm not trying to get it stuck in the recycling to where it won't the recycling won't fall out when they go to use the machine. Don't worry, y'all, this might not be the end of the monitor story. The fifth one's on its way. Well, two. Yeah, I got two new ones. No, one. Is it one now? It it's, sure better be. It's one. Maybe it's two. I don't it's remember. It's not two. It's one. So. Anyway, <laughs> I also have some dish rags to return. I bought these dish rags from Kohl's. I got a Kohl's gift card for Christmas. I'm not a Kohl's person. It's very hard for me to spend money at Kohl's. I don't really like anything there. I don't like any of their brands. I don't like any of their items. I feel like it's kind of overpriced. I don't really like anything. Last year, I got a chair, an accent chair on clearance, and that was pretty amazing. This year, it was a bunch of hodgepodge stuff, and I bought some dish rags, and I loved them. And I was like, I'm going to get me some more dish rags. They're on sale. Well, they came, and they're different. They're supposedly the same SKU number and everything, but the tag inside is gray when my tag is green. And the material, although that's all the same label on the outside, the material is like rougher. And let me tell you, you're not pulling a fast one on me with dish rags, <laughs> America's Test Kitchen. You are not pulling a fast one on me. So those bad boys are going back. Oh, oh boy. It's been, it was a quite an end of the week. But wish us luck. Send us good thoughts on selling our table. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, it's... hopefully the table gets sold. Uh, yeah. Look for it on Marketplace if you're looking for a nice dining room table. Yeah. We got it up there for sale and uh, it's a... It's a good one. It just doesn't fix our fit our space anymore. No, that's it. You know, it's a nice, nice but table. We'll keep you posted on our, you know, the rest of just whatever. But that's all we had going on. Thank goodness. That's all I, Sa- I wanted. Saturday night, we got to see the artist Jackson Dean. Twenty twenty four Ogle Concert Series kickoff. Yep. 
He was at uh, St. Andrews. You might have seen us uh, post a little bit about that on our Instagram and Facebook over the weekend. And if you didn't, pay more attention to our Instagram and Facebook and share, like, listen, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, what a what a good start to the to the concert series, as she just called it, the uh, the Ogle concert series kickoff. Um, Grace Tyler and D White were the two opening acts, which Grace Tyler is not on any sort of record label, so she's doing everything herself. And man, that girl has got a voice that is stellar. I mean, whoa. She kind of reminded me. Not just to give like um example, she kind of reminded me of like a Kelsey Ballerini or like that kind of a little bit. Not yeah. to say she is or sounds like or, but just to put into like a yeah kind of like a genre feel. She played just by herself on a guitar, yeah. um, which you know as a guitar player, I I gotta say like it's it's not an easy thing to do when you're touring with two bands to get up there with your acoustic guitar by yourself mm-hmm. and everybody's not there to see you. They're there to see, in this case, Jackson Dean with a yeah. full band. That takes a lot of guts to get up there and do that. Like that's a legit thing. That's, that's hard to do as a musician. Cause you're putting yourself out there. You're literally like the only thing people can look at. They can't, they're not going to be distracted by anything else on stage because there's, you're the only musician. Yeah. She was good. Um, but man, she killed it. She was yeah. great. Uh, I, I'd like to see some more from her for sure. I'm sure I know. She, I'm she, sure you'll look her up and listen. She's got a handful of singles. Um, one of them was, was it Cowboys and Tequila or something like that? She had yeah. a t-shirt that, that yeah. said that. And she told everybody, she's like, if you go buy my t-shirt, she's like, you know, a record label doesn't get the money. I get the money because, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm doing this all myself. So, you know, I'll be back there at the table signing, signing autographs and stuff and meeting you guys. But, you know. Help me out because it's just me. Yeah, you know. So that, she was really good. Uh, D White felt like we walked into a saloon bar. Saloon bar, man. I he, he was great. I feel like your other um, example. You said he sounded more like rockabilly. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I, yeah. He had like a 1950s music vibe, but also like country rock. Like yeah. Um, he had kind of a Junior Brown vibe. Now that you said like you. Would recommend him to Tay. Yeah, which yeah. I told I meant to text Tay about it and tell him today, but yeah, but uh, maybe he'll hear it here on the podcast. But yeah, he was D- fun. D-, D White was really good. Um, a whole a whole thing like he's very um ex- uh, expressive up there. Yep, very animated. So I feel like it's a whole show. Their music style is very very heavy on. On whatever kind of song and whatever kind of tone it is, it's very the the music, the the words, the animation. It's all, it's all big for whatever song it is. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah. And um, he, he plays guitar. He's got a lead guitarist and a bass player and a drummer, and also he does some of the guitar solos himself. Um, but man, he's no slouch. He's good. He's good. When yeah. I first saw him. I was like, all right, him and the other guitar player, they got two Telecasters. You know, they're they're playing Telecasters, and I like that sound. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, and in a lot of cases like this, you don't get, um, at least in country music, you don't get the lead singer doing like a solo or a melodic thing on the guitar. A lot of times you get them just strumming along, and they got their other guitar player over there to do that. Not not D. White, man. He's playing. He's, he's more of, uh, um, I would say that he... 
he's on his way to being somebody like Brad Paisley in that mm. r- respect of, or a, or a early Keith Urban of like, he's going to play his stuff. He's got a guitar player over here that can play, but yeah. he's not going to be just singing and strumming, you know? Cool. So yeah, good stuff out of both, both, both of those openers. I like them a lot. And then of course we went to see Jackson Dean. How did you feel about Mr. Jackson Dean? Well, for a boy from Maryland, he sure has the southern accent mumbles down. He sure sounds like he's from Texas for With being a mouth from Maryland. Full of gravel. Um, I got every fifth spoken word from him. In between. In between. Yes. Um, but he was great. He put on a great show. He's I love his music. Yeah. I think he's great. I love his guitar. His guitars in general are really cool looking. Yeah. Um, but I thought he was great. I felt like him and his band looked like Leonard Skinner up there, except for the drummer who didn't fit in. And then when he was introducing his band, he's like, and then sitting in tonight on drums. And I was like, well, that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, because um, he didn't have a beard or anything. No. He was a clean shaven. But guy. I thought it was great. I thought seeing him at St. Andrews, which is a smaller standing room yeah. venue. Shout out to St. Andrews for your bottomless popcorn. Yeah, that was um, cool. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought he was great. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna get bigger. He's got. He's already done recording in the studio for a new album that's coming this year sometime. Very he, excited about that. He played a couple of songs from it that I already liked. Yeah, yeah. He's man. He has got something, uh, and he come up for the encore, and he did. He introduced the song as the last song that's on the new album and it's a song that he did in one take on the album and he had just got over being sick he said so it feel it felt to him to be really raw and he did it in one take and that was it and he's like I'm not doing it again and I'm looking for, I, I'm looking forward to hearing that right there more than anything because that song live was amazing because he's he has a lyric in there. I believe the lyric was, I was born at the turn of the century, um, but the way things go, I won't see another from this cage. That's not right because it rhymed. Did it rhyme? Age and cage. Yeah. But it's that's along the lines, yeah. yeah something like that of like, yeah, born yeah. at the turn of the century, but won't see another from this yeah. cage or something like yeah. that. But I, 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 looked, I looked at Jess and I was like, that's a great line. line. Yeah. Like he he's only twenty three years old, which is which is crazy. Um, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. He's a baby. So, yeah. and he was just toured with Lainey Wilson. He opened for her, which is funny because she plays um, "What's Going On" by Four Non Blondes on her album, her last album, and yeah, he played that. So I think maybe she makes everyone take that song with them after they tour with her. <laughs> maybe. Because he knows? played that live. Yeah, he's open for Hardy. He's open for Lainey Wilson. He's open for Brothers Osborne. Um, yeah, I mean, he's played this year. He's a big name on Faster Horses in Michigan. So if oh. you're in Michigan and going to that festival, he's he's one of the. Good luck to you. He's one of the like eight headliners or something like that for it. So we which, will not be there if we can just say I, is not built for faster horses. I looked to see if they had like single day passes oh, cuz him and Laney Wilson are both going to be there. I don't know you'd be going with cuz there's no way I'd be going to faster horses. But I was like, "Ooh, a single day just to I'm go in and see like him year old and... adult woman." <laughs> so that's not happening. <laughs> single day pass wouldn't be too bad. Faster horses is a can I say a, I don't know my 
uh, a shoot show. Am I allowed? I don't know what I'm allowed to say. I get in trouble when I accidentally swear. Faster Horses is a shit show. No, not happening. <laughs> no. All right. Um, cool. So, uh, speaking of, of music, mm. um, I saw the um, one of our posts this week. I put up a vinyl of System of a Down, and the producer for their second album, Toxicity, was Rick Rubin. Big name. I'm sure everybody's heard of Rick Rubin. Yeah, I mean, he's... Even if they don't know who he is or why they've heard of him, they've yeah. heard the name. He's, I mean, very famous producer. He's put, produced tons of stuff. I, I don't have time to go over the number of people that he's produced. It's insane. But he was talking in an interview about the fact that in his book that he wrote, he wrote a book and he mentioned that the audience comes last. And I was like, and it caught me because I was like scrolling through Instagram and I caught it and I was like, the audience comes last. So I went back to it and, um, and he's like, what I meant by that was, he's like, if you look at these big budget movies that get made that turn out to be flops, he's like, they turn out to be flops because they're making the album for the audience or they're making the movie for the audience. They're not making it for themselves. He's like, when I do music, I'm making it for me. I'm making it because it's what I want to hear. He's like, because if I put my heart and soul and passion into it, and now I'm like paraphrasing, but he's like, if I put my my everything into it for me and I do it for me, then it's somebody else is more likely to like it because it's going to have more heart and passion into it versus if I make it just for a certain audience because then I'm, alienating a whole bunch of other people that could possibly listen to it and i was like that's that's an interesting way to look at it yeah and it's got some genuineness in it as well when it comes from your passion and i think people are apt to more pick up on that and watch something or listen to something they may not normally even when they see where that comes from now we have taught you mentioned kelsey uh bellarini, or bellarini and we've talked in the past about Casey Musgraves. They've both wrote albums that are related to divorce. And those things are probably the best stuff they've written because I feel like they wrote it for themselves to get that out of their head, out of whatever yeah. was in their being. They had to get it out, and that's what came out. They didn't write it for you and me to listen to. Yeah. They wrote it for themselves as therapy. And I feel like that that's kind of like an example of what Rick, Rick Rubin it's is saying. It's funny you say that because obviously you guys have heard me talk about Golden Hour by Casey Musgraves, which is my fav- one of my favorite albums of all time. And she was going through a divorce when she wrote that album. After that came Starcrossed, which she was newly married, super happy. I hated that album. I can't get through it. It's terrible, in my opinion. No offense, Casey. She came out with a, She's coming out with a new album next month called Deeper Well. So there's one track that was released and, or it's called Cardinal and Deeper Well is the track that was released. Um, and you can listen to it on Apple Music and Stephen's like, you should put it on. Let's listen to it. So I put it on and I was on the edge of my seat and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I like this. This sounds like Casey from before. I'm like, what, did she get divorced? And Stephen's <laughs> like, no, she's still married. And I'm like, I don't know. 
And then he Sorry sent me a screenshot of one of her merch things, something about Sat- her her Saturn has returned. And her tagline was, my Saturn was returned and all I got was this lousy sweatshirt. Oh, and a divorce. And I said to Steven, I was like, see, I told you. And I'm not trying to like make light of like a divorce. Don't get me wrong. But I'm like, it's interesting the mindset you're in and what you give to it. Because yeah. I instantly was like, this is so much better. I'm hearing 30 seconds of this song and I think it's so much better than that other album. Yeah. So what you give and where you're at in your life just totally dictates too and who your album speaks to. Yeah. Um, I, I uh, right before we had our uh, wedding reception here, I wrote, the, did I write two songs that week or was it three? And they just came to me naturally. I think it was the two. I think it was two. And they just naturally came to me in the moment. Like I was, you know, sitting here at work and I was like, all right, I'm waiting on this server to do some updates. I'll just, I got my guitar sitting here, so I'll pick it up. And I just started writing. Yeah. And literally two days in a row wrote two songs because it just came from me. Yeah. Like I didn't write it for anybody else, but it was just something in my head I had to get out. And I remember... Um, one of those days before we, uh, you know, before the reception, like I was up at like two thirty in the morning and came down here. It's like, all right, I got to finish this. This is in my head sort mm-hmm. of thing. So like that's the earplugs didn't hear anything that night. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so that's a thing of like being an artist Yeah. that, you know, um, another thing that I saw from Rick Rubin was that, um, uh, we're all artists, but, um, society basically destroys that from Life us just stomps us down yeah i can't remember what that quote was but i saw it today and it was something basically to the fact of we're all born as artists but uh life and society t- tries to tear it apart basically um did i send that to you earlier today um i think you did yeah we are born artists and then society does its best to beat it out of us yeah I, I mean, I anytime I see a clip of Rick Rubin, I'm I'm stopping to listen to it because this dude is he's got some some good words of wisdom that's just like, all right, yeah, he's spot on with this. Like, I can I can get behind that. So, um, with with that, speaking about i ips and whatnot and making things, uh, this week, uh, Marvel Disney CEO. Bob Iger came out with a statement saying that they are going to focus on their stronger franchises. And during their, uh, I don't know what it's called, but they do a call on uh, the first like Monday or second Monday of every month or something like that. And they do a call about, you know, what's, what's on the docket finances and stuff. And they take questions from press and stuff like that. It's one of those media calls or whatever. And basically he mentioned, um, what was coming next for them. And in regards to Marvel, it was Deadpool three, which we saw a commercial for that at the Super Bowl. And then he mentioned next year that there was going to be a new Captain America movie and a new fantastic four movie, but then he didn't say anything else and he moved on to the next. So everybody's like, wait a minute, what's he didn't mention the other movies that they got coming or any TV shows. And basically um, the, the word coming from Disney down to the media is that expect that there's going to be some cancellations. There's going to be some stuff that's going to get pushed back because pushed back or canceled. Some stuff's going to get canceled. Some stuff's going to get consolidated into something else. Some stuff's going to get changed around. So there's going to be new projects that 
that they weren't going to do because of something being successful and they're like going to capitalize on that. So they're redoing their whole structure. And it's not just Marvel, it's Pixar, it's Disney, it's all of, you know, it's everything they bought from Fox with those franchises. It's all of that stuff. They're really doing an overhaul on trying to focus more on what actually people want to see. Well, they certainly have too much content. They have so much content, it's insane. Um, like, I don't want to see anything else. And and that's the thing that Bob Iger was saying, is that he's just like, we have too much. We Everybody is stretched too thin. We have too much. We have to have more of a singular focus on objects and focus on this IP and focus on this specific, specific thing. So... That'll be interesting because I feel like that there's we could see a better product coming from Disney as a whole if they do that in regards to shows and movies, if they just stop churning out yeah. qual- quantity over quality. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, but that brought me to a question uh, about wrestling. Okay. And that was... What is Rick Rubin's statement about the audience coming last? How does that work for wrestling? Is that something that applies to wrestling? I don't think it does. I mean, I don't know. I mean... Because I I think without the audience, we learned during the pandemic, without an audience, it's hard for the wrestlers to do what they're doing without an audience reaction. They did it. They, They did. It was crazy. And I'm sure there'll be documentaries at some point about that. But Wrestling fans are an interesting bunch because they're not going anywhere. So, some of them will. But not enough to make a big impact. No. There's never been a big enough loss of wrestling fans to no. make a big enough impact anywhere. No, except for with AEW right now. Well, that's a horse of a different color. And that's no one's fault but AEW's. That's cutting off your nose to spite your face. Yeah. So that's a whole nother thing, I guess. I mean, I guess, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. When you posed the question, I just thought WWE. My brain doesn't even register AEW anymore. I, I think that that's part of part of the answer of the question yeah. there. Um, with myself, I look at it in the, in terms of... Uh, Tony Khan books AEW for the fans. Triple H books WWE as a business. Business first. Yeah. And he knows that people are coming to the name WWE. God, I don't even know if Tony Khan books for the fans anymore. I feel like Tony Khan books for... Tony the, Khan. Tony Khan and the EVPs and the guys who say... I want you to book me like this. And the guys who have the ability to tell him that is who he books for. Yeah. That's my opinion on that. That place is a mess. So I don't even know what they're doing over there. And I wish anyone who is still there and a respectable, like good wrestler luck, because there's a lot of you over there and I'm sorry that you're there. Yeah. I, I saw a Super Bowl. Uh, pictures of a big picture of a whole bunch of wrestlers together and in the picture was Britt Baker with Sasha Banks and Bailey and Jimmy Uso and um, uh, Titus O'Neil and I thought to myself huh Britt Baker would look pretty good if she was with WWE (laughs) yeah she's great I don't know where the heck she's been uh, she's been working out clearly because yeah. you showed me a photo during yeah, the Super Bowl. You're like, what happened to I her? I wash my clothes on her stomach. 
Yeah, she's gotten um, ripped. But I don't know where she's been. They literally, their women's division has never been great. She's been the best thing they've ever had. And she's been gone for like eight months, 10 months. So I have close, no- Close, close to, to a year. year. Yeah. So I have no idea where she is. So I don't know what fan that's booked for. So I don't know. No idea. And WWE, I don't know what they're doing really. We got The Rock back. No one asked for that. Nobody. No one said, hey, bring a pebble to the show. <laughs> Nobody did that. I don't think, I don't recall. <laughs> I don't recall some sort of campaign for that. Uh, so they have really stirred the pot with that kickoff show that they did, um, in which they had, you know, Seth Rollins come out and say, all right, so Cody's got to pick who he's going to face, either me or Roman Reigns for yeah. one of our championships at WrestleMania. Cody Rhodes didn't come out because The Rock came out. Yeah. <laughs> and The Rock said that, you know, he's going to face me. And then Cody's like, that's not how this goes. I won the Rumble. Now, the best part about all of that was CM Punk being on commentary going, the last time I checked, it was CM Punk who threw me over the top rope to win the Rumble. And he's like, and if I was Cody Rhodes and got slapped in the face by The Rock, I would have been punching The Rock in the face. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I want to well, see Cody punch The Rock in the face. Is it final yet what no. the main event is? No, they're going to stir this pot for a little bit. They're going to let it's it It's also cook. a weird thing that Bailey's not in the main event. When she won the Rumble. Yep. So what was the point of having her win the Rumble if she's not in the main event? So I don't really know what they're fully doing over there. I think that they have to pivot because you can say whatever you want, but the response they got to The Rock is not what they expected. That video is... They they might have expected some division, but I don't think they expected this. His, his return on SmackDown when they posted that video, first of all, they posted an edited version of the video to not show Cody Rhodes's, um like sadness in it. They removed that. They actually edited around that, which I thought was interesting. But that video got over 650,000 thousand dislikes wow so um so yeah i, well, I don't we'll know see. We'll, we'll keep you posted on that what's going on with that so yeah, i don't gotta, know who they book for i'm not sure who they're booking for but we'll, i guess we'll see we'll find out yeah but in random news before we get in full entertainment and entertainment uh preview i guess a prequel a shout out to a one Mr. Pet Detective Ace Ventura on his 30th anniversary, February 4th, 1994. That oh. movie came out. Oh, my gosh. Alrighty then. Alrighty then. Wow. That's all I can say. Oh, my gosh. Uh, there's I so remember many... my brother asking a few questions. <laughs> Do you have a mint? Perhaps some banaka? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oh my gosh, uh, my my thing is I I think of this movie all the time. I'll be in a car and going to go in reverse, and I look at my rearview mirror. Warning: objects are closer than they appear. Although he doesn't say objects, he says something else. Uh, but uh, like, it just hey, can you give me a push while you're back there, pal? It's so funny. <laughs> oh my gosh, the whole uh, you bought me a Ray Finkel uh, jersey shirt. Um, for I Christmas. think we were watching. Yeah, uh, it's like Finkel football. School school or football like um camp or something yeah i think we were watching a game last night and something happened and they were like tackling the ball and it was like who had the ball what's going on and i looked at steven i was like i don't know what happened but i'm pretty sure laces were out 
that was on that blocked uh, extra point kick. So we did oh. watch the Super Bowl last night. I want to just shout out to the BS that in 58 years there's only been two overtime football games, and I had to watch one of them and be up till 11 o'clock on Sunday. You mean two overtime Super Bowls? Whatever. Yeah, super my butt bowls. Gosh. <laughs> I said to my mom this morning when I was talking to her, I was like, when it hit 10 o'clock, I, I was sitting on the couch between Stephen and Sophia, and I was like, we could watch the rest of this in bed if we wanted and then i said and no one said anything nobody even replied to me she's like neither of them said anything i'm like neither of them said anything not one of them no one said anything <laughs> nobody acknowledged me and so i had to sit on the couch until 11 o'clock <laughs> neither of them said a word um so this game uh if you don't know the chiefs won their third super bowl in four years 25 to 22 uh, Patrick Mahomes now has three Super Bowl rings, three Super Bowl MVPs. Um, it is hard to deny how good this guy is, and I can't stand him. I was going to say, and if anyone can deny it. I can't stand him, but I can't deny the fact I saw the stat today. In the 114 games that he's played, he's lost four. Wow. That's insane. That is insane. Yeah. Um, in his, in his first years of playing, he has already thrown like 8% of Troy Aikman's touchdown passes and Troy Aikman played for 11 years and like Patrick Mahomes has only played for four. Like this is like, this kid's nuts. He's already got three rings. Like he's, he's in Tom too, Brady conversation he? now because of the fact that nobody has had back-to-back Super Bowl wins since Tom Brady. Yeah, since the Patriots. And nobody's won three in four years since that same time of Tom Brady when Tom Brady started. So he's in that conversation now as much as I hate to admit it. It's hard to deny the fact that this kid is, like, unstoppable. Yeah. And and he proved it last night with the 49ers in the fourth quarter. They could not stop this guy. Yeah. He took off running and took 20 yards when he needed one. He just went on a quarterback sneak and just took 20 yards and then yeah. slid forward. I was just like, uh, what is going on? This this kid's crazy. He's good. Yeah. He's really good. I can't stand him, as I said. I, I, I hate it. Like, I'm not a Chiefs fan. I'm not, I was a Chiefs fan for one year, and that was when Joe Montana was there because he's the greatest quarterback of all time, um, in my opinion. But, yeah, this, this game was crazy. A couple of quick stats that I found uh, interesting um, – I mentioned the ones about Mahomes. Their kicker, Harrison uh, Butker, this guy, his season, 95.7% made field goals this year. He was 44 of 46. He kicked 46 field goals for the whole season. He made 44 of them. 15 of them were over 40 yards, seven of them were over 50 yards, and two of those were in the Super Bowl that were over 50, and he set the Super Bowl record for 57-yard field goal kicked in a Super Bowl. Wow. Which means the two field goals that he missed were under 40 yards. Wow. This guy's insane. I missed a lot of that. I took my bathroom breaks during the game so I could watch the commercials. Yeah, there was a lot of field goals in this game, but this dude I did notice that. There was a lot of. A lot. But that dude kicked 57 yards and set a record for the Super Bowl. And when he kicked that, he probably could have kicked it another – he could have been another 10 yards back. That's crazy. It had had a lot on it. I was like, 
whoa. Yeah. Like, this dude's got a leg. Um, uh, shout out to Dre Greenlaw. I mean, this dude, so excited on the sidelines to get back in the game for the defense for the 49ers and jumping up and down on the sidelines. And then he stepped onto the field and tore his, his I mean, Achilles. What? Yeah. That's so crazy. He was this like, poor guy. I was like, oh my God, you're in the Super Bowl. You're ready to go. And you get injured literally stepping out onto the field. Yep. Stepped and up. not just injured, but you tore your Achilles. Yep. He was jumping like he was excited, getting himself pumped back up to get into the game. And then he took, took a, took a jog onto the field and his left foot went down and the, and then he hung up and went rolled and went right on the ground. And I was like, what just happened? Did he trip? That was crazy. And then he laid there holding his ankle. That was so crazy. And his whole team uh, stopped because they were like, wait a minute, what, what's going on, bud? Oh, what? And then the, here comes the the uh, the Jeep around, uh, the golf, golf cart, cart golf cart thing to come get him. Like, was I was crazy. like, what is happening? So, I mean, this poor guy, I, I can't imagine playing all season, getting to the Super Bowl. You're one of the leaders on your defense and stepping onto the field, you tear, or tear, tear an Achilles. Well, that game crazy. was good and everything, but next year I look forward to seeing the Detroit Lions playing in the Super Bowl. Yep. And I will, I will watch the game and the commercials, so I don't know when I'll go to the bathroom, but I guess just never for um, four hours. What can you tell us about the halftime show and the commercials? Halftime show was okay. I halftime shows are good, I guess, but they're also like okay. Like I think it's always more um, choreography than it is music because you get such small snips of every song that it's hard to even get into the music for me. In a lot of times, yeah. Like the biggest part for the music for me was the yeah at the end. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. And um. I and I saw plenty of people online that were like they missed an opportunity. They should have had L.A. Knight from yes. WWE come in to be like, yeah. You said it, and then my brother texted to me. I'm like, is there an echo? Um. But I mean, I like Usher. So it was, I felt nostalgic for, but I wanted him to be like, U-S-H-E-R-R-A-Y-M-O-N-D. But he didn't do that. He so did not. I was very disappointed by that. But it wasn't bad. It was good, I thought. I didn't think it was the best. I didn't think it was the worst. It was good. It was entertaining. I, for 45 years old, like, he was going. I, all the sweating memes, like oh. that Jordan Peele meme where he's like just, <laughs> they were like, Usher, 30 seconds in. And he's just like pouring sweat. I mean... The but, dude, the dude was killing it, man. I mean, you have to come out hot. You ha that's the thing. Like, yes, you're doing some singing, but you've got to come out hot. You get a very small amount of time and you've got to come in. You've got to do it. You're not just standing there singing. And halftime generally is only 15 or 18 yeah, it's minutes. It's not long. No, in a regular game, but in the Super Bowl halftime, I think is a full 20 minutes. That's so not long. So it's actually worse on the teams to have to be in the locker room that much longer before they get but out. But you're doing your library of songs, basically, in 20 yeah. minutes, like... Ludacris um, showed up with his with a big afro looking like yeah. he was back, back in... In in yeah. his early days, I was Ludacris, like, oh Alicia yeah, Keys, Little John, uh, um, Little John was there. Um, I believe that was yeah. Jermaine Dupri. A yeah, lot of people yeah, thought it was CeeLo CeeLo Green, oh my but it was gosh, not. No, it was not. It was Jermaine Dupri. That's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was cool. And then, what was your favorite commercial? My favorite commercial um, was the first NFL commercial we saw with the kid international in, players pathways. Yeah. With the kid in South Africa that was playing football Ghana. or yeah, he was playing football through the, uh, 
fresh market and stuff with all the football players and then a dog steals his football and he runs into this you know chasing this dog and he ends up in the stadium where they're playing football and then a former football player takes a knee and goes hey man this is this is your future was great and all those they filmed there on site and all those players flew in and they brought like their families and they they filmed there and it was like a whole experience for everybody i cried obviously for that commercial that was great that was that was one of my favorites and then at the other end of the spectrum my other favorite was the dunkings commercial oh with ben affleck i just love how it starts (laughs) with him going well she came to my work last year when he's at the dunkin donuts drive through and she pulls up and i just was like it's such a guy thing to say because like <laughs> that's so not the same thing as her having come to your work what you're doing right now and i just love matt damon's like i'm sorry i'm sorry like he's i just like, he's like remember that time i told you i'd do anything for you yeah we're square now it's like this is anything that was hilarious <laughs> i liked that one anything else stick out to you um i did like the budweiser commercial with the with the budweiser horses I mean, and the dog a dog and a pup or a horse and a pup together like hello they can't see where they're going and the dog comes and saves something so they can make their delivery oh so great i know that guy from something too i think he played a bad guy in one of my procedurals that that wasn't it probably he was probably on one life to live or, uh, or general hospital stop it um oh the uh commercial uh the uh kawaski commercial that had uh stone cold steve austin getting the kawasaki kawasaki sorry um stone cold getting his mullet back from from the 80s that was fantastic um Uh, i also liked and it was so like just random but the dr um stick (laughs) on the plane the drumstick commercial they're like is there a doctor on the plane he's like i'm dr umstick and he gives everybody the drumsticks it was so stupid but i was like dr umstick that's hilarious yeah that was good i loved that um i liked the one where uh they were talking about uh eagles ravens and seahawks in migration this nfl sunday ticket yeah those guys are flying they're all in their outfits and their pads and stuff no helmets but they're well some of them had helmets too but like they're in their pads and stuff and they're flying in formation and going down and dipping in the water oh that was fun and at the end he catches a little football and is and it like one of them evacuated a little football into his hand and he's like oh a rookie (laughs) that was funny i also liked the other nfl ones too the one on bullying and mental health yes those were great with steve young and tony gonzalez yep those were really good now there was a commercial if you guys watch the boys on amazon they released a commercial and they said that it was quote uh too patriotic for tv uh because it's a basically a commercial from the company in the show called Vought that makes these superheroes. And it was fantastic. Everything about it was so cool because it was literally like their, that company's propaganda for how amazing everything is. When, if you watch the show, you know, the behind the scenes because they show how horrible it is, but they made it like Homelander is this amazing savior and cares about family. And Oh my gosh hilarious yeah it was what what was the um what was the tagline it was it was family something something and horses or something like that yeah it was like yeah something like that oh my gosh it was just like family like america 
um, football and horses. Yeah, was like their tagline. Yeah, it was stupid. Oh my so gosh, stupid. I like. Um, that. I also I liked the um, FanDuel um, little tribute commercial to Carl Weathers who just passed away. I think that was nice. Yeah, that that was cool. Um, the couch potato commercial was funny. <laughs> that was something. I think there were two of those for Pluto TV where they're growing couch potatoes and they're like people <laughs> in potato costumes. Yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. Um, I didn't quite understand the Ross and Rachel commercial. I just didn't understand what was happening. And then, it, like, it was an Uber Eats commercial, and they were saying, like, um, in order to remember something about Uber Eats, you have to, like, forget something else. Yeah. Something. And so that she forgot working with him, and some other guy forgot how to sit in a chair. <laughs> I don't know. So it, that was interesting. Yeah, that that was weird to me. That one was okay. Um, and then there was like 13 homes.com commercials with Dan Levy um, and the other girl. Yeah. So they were doing a bunch of those. The first one for me was funny. And then after that, I stopped. Those were okay. I stopped having interest. I was like, all right, we got too many of these. Then I was just like, okay, how much longer is this game going to be? Um. But yeah. it was good. <laughs> we got, didn't we get, um, we got a commercial late during the overtime. I don't remember what it was, though. Was that the Coors Light commercial with there, Lainey Wilson? I mean, that was just regular. Overtime is not going to be any other commercial. It's going to be like whatever we've seen already. Because that's technically not, you know. Maybe. I mean, there was a couple of commercials for movies, of course, trailers for yeah, movies. Yeah, there's the... There the was new, Deadpool 3. That was The like Quiet the, Place, I don't know, It's called prequel, Day, I day guess. 1. Yeah. yeah. It's supposed to be Day 1. Um, and then there was also um, the commercial for... Or the trailer for Wicked. Yeah. And the trailer for If, the new Ryan Reynolds starred movie that's written and directed oh. by John Krasinski in which in the trailer they have the guy um, who's referred to as Asian. Asian Jim from the office. Yeah. And so he's they call him. You can see a longer version of that commercial on YouTube where Asian Jim and Ryan Reynolds are sitting there in the chair and Ryan Reynolds looks at him and is like, You're not it's John Randall Krasinski Park. and he's like, Yeah, yeah I'm I'm trying dude, we've been filming this for months. Like like we did this, this, and th and then they start going to things that they did together, and it's Randall Park instead of John Krasinski. It's fantastic. Um, That's funny. But yeah, yeah, I'll have to watch that. I like but the yeah. fact that they've they capitalized on a joke that was very funny for a cold open in the office, and they brought it back, and it was a good callback. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, we didn't hit album anniversaries. Oh, whoops. We missed them completely, so I'm going to throw these in at the very end because we're we're at the end of the show totally here. Totally missed them. Um, we have Punch Brothers, 12 years old, their third album, Who's Feeling Young Now. I cannot recommend this enough. If you like music that is technical, if you like bluegrass, if you like folk, if you like country, if you like singer-songwriter, it's all of those wrapped into one. Punch Brothers is so good, but Who's Feeling Young Now? I saw them on tour for this in Chicago. They're, man, they're so good live. Um, a band that I like that's been around for a very long time. Um, their drummer, unfortunately, passed away recently. But uh, the band is called Tourniquet. Microscopic view of a telescopic realm. If you like technical metal, you love tons of shredding guitars and uh, technical drums and stuff and that kind of thing, that is an album for you. That is 24 years old now, which is insane to me. 
because I remember hearing it for the first time in 2000, 2000 or 2001 and being blown away. Um, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit released their first album 15 years ago. Um, I like him a lot. Once again, if you like folk music, if you him like... Him Punch Brothers, yeah. Yeah, folk, indie rock, uh, singer-songwriter, that's him. Uh, we talked about Bluebird Days from Jordan Davis. That was my favorite album of last year. That is one year old now. And man, I if you we're if, going to see him in April. Yep. If you didn't take the recommendation at my end of the year awards recommendation to listen to this album, I'm reminding you again to go listen to this album. It is so good. It, it is, is very such, good. such a good album. Great songwriting. Um, and then Lainey Wilson, her first album, or no, sorry, her third album, saying what I'm thinking, and uh, she's fantastic, man. She's like a young. Young, this version's Dolly Parton, and I love it. Yeah. She's got that sound of that kind of country, and it's just good stuff. So cool. That's our album anniversaries this week. All right, y'all. Where can they find us? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, WordPress, if we can just say 918 at gmail.com. Like, listen, subscribe, share. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell some strangers. Tell your coworkers. Tell yourself in the mirror. Remind yourself to like, listen, subscribe. Share. Leave a review. Leave a review. Look for our uh, other posts coming out throughout the week with music and other things because we've started to add some other stuff to our posts and uh, stories and stuff. Let us know what you think. Yep. I believe that's all we can say this week. Bye, y'all. Testing. Testing my patience is more like it. Testing. Testing, testing. My patience is Steven. Testing, testing. My patience is Steven. <laughs> 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 mm.